millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Just Films and That, the podcast where we talk about films we think are underrated, underappreciated, or just really deserved a mention. I'm Alice and I'm here as always with Josh. Hi, Josh. Hi, Alice. And this week he picked Rat Race from 2001, so strap in. So, Josh, it was your turn to pick this week, and you picked Rat Race from 2001, so spoiler warning for that if you haven't already seen it. So, Josh, what is it about, and why did you pick it? So, uh, Rat Race is a film about a group of people who all find themselves in the same casino slash hotel. They win a little token on the gambling machines and are called to a conference room, where the owner of the hotel, who's an eccentric like millionaire billionaire, played by John Cleese, tells them there is $2 million in a locker several hundred miles away they've all got a key first one there gets the money and that's it that's what it's about it's got an ensemble cast um so yeah that's what it's about why i picked it so i picked this because i think it's underrated Mm -hmm. um it's a really good ensemble cast i think there's loads of great set pieces i think there's loads of variations of different types of comedy and I've had a little look at the critical reception and, and I do think it's underrated based on that, which we'll come on to. And also, it's one of those films a little bit like when we did Drop Dead Fret, mm-hmm. where it's I think lots of people seem to like it. Whether it's, I don't know whether you call it a little cult following or whatever, I don't know. But whenever I've mentioned it to people as a film I think's underrated, a lot of people go, oh yeah, no, I, I, I like that, you know. And it and and so I wanted to take a look at it. I also hadn't watched it for a little while. And I wanted to take a look at it and see, is it one of those early 2000s films that has aged horribly? Mm. Or does it hold up? Um, so yeah, so that's why I picked it. So had you seen this one before? I had seen this one before, a long, long time ago when I was a teenager. But I remembered it being funny. Mm. That was like my lasting memory of it. Kind of similar to evolution in a way where I'd kind of only seen it once but my memory of it was a fond one but I had I I guess kind of like you like I was worried about how it aged I had quite low expectations really going into it and I was like I don't think I'm going to enjoy this I just don't think it is going to be funny anymore and it was just funny because I was a kid um but I was actually pleasantly surprised and it was it was actually maybe even funnier than I remembered. And like you say, they're all kind of like, they're like little set pieces, aren't they? It's kind of like the writers or whoever were just like, we want this selection of scenarios to happen. 
let's make this happen. Because the characters do just find themselves in like just the wackiest scenarios. Trying to get from Vegas to Mexico City, is it? Yeah, Silver Silver City, New Mexico. New Mexico. New Mexico. Excuse me, not Mexico Mexico City. City is a lot further than (laughs) New Mexico. In New Mexico. Um, So it was all really interesting. And a lot of the side characters are really good. Like you say, the ensemble cast. So, so many Familiar faces in oh, this. You got what? Uh, Coogan Jr., Whoopi Goldberg, Amy, John Cleese, Amy Smart. Amy Smart. She pops up in a lot of the films that she we pick. She pops up in know? a lot of the films that we pick. Oh, no, actually. Or maybe the um, guests pick because she was in Butterfly Effect and Just Friends, wasn't she? she? Was, yeah. yeah, interesting. Is this our first non guest Amy yeah. Smart film? What a niche. Um, the guy, the guy whose name I always forget, but he was in Road Trip, but he was Reckon on it Mayer. with That's the One. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, um, Rowan Atkinson. Rowan Atkinson, Atkinson, of course. Yeah, the guy from Jurassic Park. Yeah, wait, Wayne Knight, the guy from Jurassic Park. Yeah, um, Lo- and loads of them that were kind of like that. It's like, oh, it's that guy from that yeah. thing, or it's that Seth woman Green. from that thing. Seth Green, Seth of Green. course. Yeah. How can we forget? And then his mate, who he's with as well, his brother, who, yeah, with the weird who's piercings. Pretty familiar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I actually really enjoyed it, and I thought it was just kind of good fun viewing. Really didn't take itself too seriously with a lot of really like extreme scenarios, mm. quite extreme and almost quite absurd comedy. I thought, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is definitely. Um, how did you feel about it, sort of coming away from it this time around? So I was also trepidation going into it because I was thinking, "Has this going to have aged poorly?" And like you, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was mm-hmm. going to because mm-hmm. I remember it being really funny. So when I first watched this film, again, I was probably a teenager as well. Um, and I remember there were certain scenes I was, I think it might be one of the most I've ever laughed at a film. Oh, wow. Even as a, as a teenager. Yeah, yeah. So you know the bit where the two brothers are chasing the guy who's cloned the key and is trying to beat them to it? Mm-hmm. And basically they get into this slapstick scenario where it's one of them, it's a little bit Tom and Jerry where they ended up getting almost run over by their own car. Mm-hmm. And it, just that set piece, I just remember crying really? laughing yeah. at and obviously I was a lot younger but and it, it still made me laugh obviously mm. but there was loads of other stuff I really liked so like I've already said it's it's because it's got this big great ensemble cast of lots of really accomplished comedy actors it's almost like a series of sketches mm-hmm. yep um so that I think that's really good now obviously comedy is subjective so I'm not saying that there's something in there for everyone and by no means and this is something I like about it by no means is it pretending to be highbrow mm-hmm. or pretending to take... Or it, it doesn't take itself seriously. But I do think there's lots of different really good types of comedy in there done really well. So you got slapstick, you got physical comedy, you got farce, you got cartoony, um, cartoonish comedy, you got things that are sort of referential, that reference, you know things from history um bit gross out as well with out. the human heart and the yeah, guy's tongue um, just flat out jokes mm-hmm. you know there's lots of really good stuff in there and i think it's it's i just think it's a really simple idea mm-hmm. done really well and i think it's a lot of a lot of there's a lot of rewatchability in it i think it's quite disposable and i just think it's a really fun film and the main point back to when i was saying i was trepidatious I don't think it has aged that badly. 
I don't think it has either, really. Like, there's nothing super outdated about it. There, there might be not... a couple of things that you know we'll we'll discuss a little bit later. But, but on. No, it's not. You know, it isn't. It's not American Pie. Or... I didn't. I didn't feel offended. No, I didn't feel like you say there are some films that are just damn offensive in how yeah. they've been put together or in like the context <laughs> and that. But with with this, it just wasn't like that. Exactly. It was super fast paced. That's another thing. And it, I think not a minute is. Spared. Yeah. And it, it, because at times, like you said, it is like a load of set pieces together. And in that regard, it reminded me a little bit of the Brothers Solomon. Yeah. And this almost feels like what the Brothers Solomon could have been, yeah. like with a few more tweaks, because the pacing in Brothers Solomon was lacking and it was a bit slow and that you really felt that. But in this, it was so, so fast, which, you know, obviously works with the whole narrative and the whole concept of the film of it being a race and a mm. rat race. And I like how. It's kind of the the whole rat race of it has got a bit of a double meaning. So like all the people that are involved in going to find this $2 million, they all kind of hate their lives. Yeah. They, they're sick of working. They just, you know, they want that dream of never having to work again, never having to answer to anybody. Just get the house you want, get the car you want and just chill out. And then obviously in the other regard, in that it is an actual race mm. and they are like rats because you've got these, you know, millionaire billionaires kind of betting on them and looking at them like they are just animals. Yeah. Like, you know, that is their entertainment that's how they get their kicks and then throughout they're kind of putting on loads of different side bets as well aren't <laughs> yeah. they because obviously they bet on who can get to the two mil first and then there's other little bets going on isn't there like i think is it john cleese is like his butler or something um calls a prostitute in and yeah. they're like oh yeah we're betting to what were they betting to so, see so they, so they basically the, the millionaires who are watching them all go for the money are making mad bets mm. just to pass the time so it's like things like they fly on a plane to new to Mex to new mexico and they get the pilot to like flip the plane loads to see who'll throw up first or there's one bit where they, yeah they hire a prostitute and they have one of them ask her to do a really Weird, straight it's not even it's not yeah. even like um it's not even sexual. It's just no, like, it's like I his, want you to shave me. It's and clipping that, his toenails yeah. <laughs> and like all mad stuff like that. And then they bet, you know, how much would that cost? So they do. They do have all these all these mad bets and stuff. And that's another thing. Like it's obviously a comment on rich versus poor or whatever. But you know, hmm. the the point you're making there about the rat race is obviously is is, is really is really interesting because they're all in the rat race, so to speak, mm -hmm. and they're all in a race. And also, every single character in this film is an absolute scumbag. Yeah, yeah, they're not they're not the best, are they? But no one's saying they are, I suppose. It's not like mm. there's not one of them you're like, oh, I'm rooting for them. It's not like it's really ensemble, isn't it? It's not like one of these films where it's an ensemble cast, but you know, that's the main character really, and mm. we've sort of written it around everybody. It really is ensemble. Mm. There's not one I wouldn't even say there's one massive star in mm. that in the film. There's just lots of stars, I suppose, or 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 you know, or whatever you want to call it. Um, I wonder if Rowan Atkinson's character is meant to be kind of the more likable one. Yeah. he's a bit more kind of innocent than the rest and, of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do wonder about that. And obviously he's got narcolepsy. Um, so I wonder about that. But yeah, you're not really like rooting for any specific one. And like no. you say, they are kind of all a bit equal in that yeah. the, it's like this equal ensemble and it, you haven't got these like the two superstars or whatever that are really carrying it. It is just kind of very evenly spread across all the characters. Something I was interested to to sort of ask you is when you look at a because we've talked about this before, when you're watching a comedy, a comedy film, what do you look for? Is there a particular um era of comedy that you go back to? 
or is there a particular style or are you just whatever sort of floats your boat at the time? Yeah, I don't really think, like, I'm so open to anything. Yeah. And, like, because in my mind, I always think that I prefer kind of more subtle, like, not just joke telling, yeah. and not just gags, and not just set up punchline, set up Something punchline. Like, a, like Coen Brothers and the, film or yes, something like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That is a great example. Yeah. Like, it's all in the words. It's yeah. all in the attitude. It's not jokes. It's, like, these really kind of sometimes dangerous, sometimes very normal yeah. scenarios, but then comedy comes from that whereas this it's very big it's very extreme you know it's Silly. it's monster trucks yeah. running over cars <laughs> yeah. and it's a helicopter pilot throwing paint down on her ex-boyfriend's car yeah. and all this stuff like it's all very very big um the funniest thing the the thing that really took me in this film was the whole narrative around the barbie museum so <laughs> yeah. you've got john lovitz yeah. and his wife and children and they're Hocus driving Pocus. Yeah. Oh, yes. I knew I recognized her. Um, so they're driving along and they see the sign for the Barbie Museum. So the daughter's <laughs> like, oh, can we go? Can we go? So they're like, okay, sure. But then it turns out to be a, a museum run by and dedicated to the Nazis. Yeah. Um, so you've got this whole thing there and kind of the awkwardness of that. And then they, they end up in a position basically where John Lovitz has got, so he's got like, he's managed to somehow get a Hitler mustache painted on his lip. <laughs> And he can't speak suddenly. Yeah. So he's like coming out in all these like yelps and these weird like shouts and stuff in front of a room of World War II veterans. <laughs> so it makes it, and he's turned up in Hitler's car, which he stole from the Hitler Museum. So it makes it look like he's a Nazi. Oh. And it was just so like, that That just really made me laugh. It's so, it's so daft, isn't it? Yeah. It's so daft, but, but it is really funny. That bit made me laugh again. Like that idea of going to a neo-Nazi museum Dedicated yeah. to Klaus Barbie, a concentration yeah. camp guard. Just I mean, it's sort very of accidentally dark. On your, also, it is dark. And I think that's where the humour comes and I from, think isn't they're it? They're also meant to be a Jewish family as yeah. well, aren't they? So yeah. like that again is the is the joke. Is, yeah. is that it's a very dark joke. But also it's yeah, not yeah. it's not even making a point. No, it it's just, just is. A, it's it just, just a daft. Happens. But that's yeah. farce, isn't it? Mm. So farce is people get in these ridiculous situations, you know, where the vicar's coming around for tea and he walks in and you got your trousers around your ankles sort of thing. So, and I think it does it really well. Little bit Charlie Chaplin-esque. Little bit, yeah. In, in some yeah. of the moments. Um, another one for me was, so Tracy, who's Amy Smart's... Is it yeah. Tracy? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Tracy's character, Amy, Amy Smart's character. Um because she's introduced as like, you know, this kind of like sexy, sophisticated, mysterious woman who the guy, what's what's his name? The guy who's the character, with her. Yeah. Nick something. Nick, Nick. So Nick kind of like, you know, takes a shine to her and she mentions, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a pilot and I have a helicopter and I'm going to be driving the helicopter. So it's like, oh, this is cool. And then they fly over her like boyfriend or ex-boyfriend's house and he's got another woman like in this hot tub or in this like outdoor pool or whatever and she just absolutely loses her shit yep. and starts throwing things down on the house eventually does like the whole house get destroyed and then he drives off in the truck and she's throwing paint down on it and like axes or like just really heavy shit and it's like destroyed yeah. she's she's like how dare you fucking come back and all this blah blah and I just found that really funny. I don't mm. know why, but that that you bit just really took I relate to it a little bit. Yeah. It's kind of about the you know just the mania of the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, and her, and her boyfriend, of course, Dean Kane, who we've mentioned as was it? It was. Was Dean it Kane. really? Yeah. I didn't even notice yeah. that. Superman, sort of himself. That's yeah. mad. Um, I didn't even notice. So because I quite liked her as a character as well, because she's very extreme, and obviously she, you know, 
it's because she is kind of made out to be sort of one thing and then turns out it's like, oh no, but there's yeah. actually this other side to her as well. But then he still kind of sticks with her and they kind of get together at the end at the Smash Mouth concert. Yeah, hey. happy 2001. <laughs> How do you know if it's 2001? Smash Mouth. Smash Mouth. Um, and the, the I Love Lucy bit. I love, I love Lucy bit. There was so much of this kind of with the side characters just had so much going yeah. on and added so much to it. So you've got the I Love Lucy bit, like the bus full of, of Lucy's that Cuba <laughs> Gooding... races and Yeah, all kinds. And... and so there's a woman who's like a lawyer. So she keeps popping up. So I found her kind of, her sort of addition to it really funny. You've got the squirrel lady. Kathy was Bates. Was that Kathy Bates? Yeah, I thought yeah. it was. I was like, is that bloody Kathy yeah, a little Bates playing from the Kathy squirrel Bates. lady so, in so, so that lady you're talking about, Gloria Allred, she's a real lawyer. Is she really? So that, that's the joke, is that she like she turns always up, shows up yep, and is like, I'll help you sue these people, and yeah, she'll sue yeah. big organisations. But yeah, great cameo from her, great cameo from, from Smash Mouth, from Smash great Mouth. cameo from Kathy Bates. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of the side characters and, and their kind of arcs and you know what they were bringing to the story, I think really made it, because it is, not to get too cheesy, but it is all about the journey, isn't it? And journey, it is that. Yeah. It's the, like... This is the motivation you need to get from A to B, but it is everything that happens along the way. Yeah. So we'll move on to talk about things that maybe we didn't like or that maybe we'd change about the film. So Josh, we'll come to you first. Is there anything you think that you didn't really like about this film? Not, there's not, not really, oh, to be wow. quite honest with you. Not loads. Um, wow. There's a little bit of like random exposition just written mm -hmm. into the dialogue mm -hmm. it's a little bit cliched at points like there's the bit where this is Paige, the co-host of giggly squad and i want to tell you about a company that i've been loving olive and june olive and june gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box and if you break it down it really comes out to two dollars a manicure which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. 
Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And again, this probably ties into the fact that it's, it's and I'm not going to labor this point at all, but it's aged a little bit poorly. So the, it's back when it was like sort of acceptable to seemingly laugh at people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. So obviously Rowan Atkinson's character has got narcolepsy, mm-hmm. which you find out because he falls asleep in the middle of the, in the middle of running. And it takes John Cleese's character to just go, he must have narcolepsy. Mm-hmm. And it's that sort of thing where it's like, I know I can see that. Why else has he fallen asleep stood up? Mm-hmm. Um, so I suppose that's a little bit, maybe show, maybe show don't tell. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so for example, like Amy Smart's character, you know, he he assumes that she's not a pilot when she is a pilot at yeah, one point. Because um, she's a woman. Because she's a bloody woman and they yeah. can't drive cars, so why can't they fly helicopters? <laughs> you know what I mean, gents? You know what I mean? Or <laughs> um, like there's things where, and there's, I don't even know if this is a problem, but there are things where characters do the stupidest things. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, of course you have got yourself into this scrape. But that's a comedy, I guess, of this sort of nature. Like, for example... There's a bit where Cuba Gooding Jr. is tricking the bus driver of the Isle of Lucy bus to give him his clothes. Oh, yeah. My wife's having a baby. By telling him his wife's having a baby. Which seems to be dialogue between two male characters who have absolutely no idea how a baby is born. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, He seems to be talking all sorts of rubbish. Just saying words. Just saying words. Placenta and and vagina. Yeah, amniotic sac. What? (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? Um... I think the main issue I had, and it's not really an issue, but for the sake of balance, the ending's a little cheesy. So they all stumble onto the stage, which turns out to be a Feed the World concert, and Smash Mouth are doing the concert, and they all give their $2 million to the Feed the World campaign. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's quite a nice moment in a way, because they all give their money up, but The film builds them all up to be absolute scumbags. Mm. And I just don't know if I believe that those characters would all give, you know, whatever it is, 200 grand each to the Feed the World campaign. But it ties a little bow on the end of the film. So maybe, maybe they would because they're in front of thousands of people. But it is a little cheesy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the whole thing's a bit cheesy. Yeah, the whole thing's a bit cheesy. Um so, I mean, what about you then? Anything in particular? Are you going to stomp on my dreams? No, not really. Obviously, it is just very and-then storytelling. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, what if this guy threatens them with a gun and then they end up in a hot air balloon festival and <laughs> then a cow gets tied to the hot air balloon and that, like, it's just... There's no, like, rhyme or reason. Like, logic plays no part in this, let's be honest. And... It's not, instead of it being kind of like therefore storytelling, it's just and then. And it's like, yeah. right, we want this to happen. We want a girl with nipple piercings. And then we want monster trucks. And then we want Nazis. And then we want, <laughs> you know, a human heart being tossed around in the desert. Like, it's very just kind of like that little bit kind of like sketch show. It's like, yeah, like see, just, the sketch, these are there, the yeah. ideas that I've got. Let's try and put these into a film. But I think it is a book, right? It is so based not, on a book, so I think. I, so, what I read on it was, and I don't, I think this is true, is it's really similar to a film made in the 60s called It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Mm-hmm. 
but it's not a it's not officially inverted commas okay. a remake. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, it's a ta- it's a sort of time old story. Everyone knows this sort of story. It's very simple, isn't it? There's a thing. Loads of people want the thing. They go and get the thing, and on the way, things happen. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know what you mean. It's, it's like a series of sketches, a series of ideas that they've then gone and string it together with a, a sort of narrative. I guess. Yeah. yeah. And there was a couple of moments that were just a bit like like really small things, but when John Lovitz and his family get to their hotel room in Vegas, um, jo- like his wife or someone says like, wow, look at that view. And then you don't cut to the view. And I'm like, <laughs> that was a weird thing to say yeah. if you're not going to show us the view. And it was just a couple of bits like that, just kind of some throwaway lines that didn't need to be there. The other one was when... So Nick lies to Tracy about why he needs to get to New Mexico Mm. and says that his sister is ill in hospital and that's when he needs to get there. But she offers him a lift, like, regardless. Like, Mm. she doesn't say, you know, oh, why do you need to go? Why do you need to go? She just goes, do you need a ride? Mm. Like, before he's given any sort of explanation. So he could have just gone, oh, yeah, that would be great, actually. But he's (laughs) come up with this story of, like, oh, no, my my sister's really ill and, like, I need to go look after her or whatever. It's like, yeah, you didn't need to do that, though. We'd already established that, you you know, that she was going to give you a lift anyway and she was open to it. So at times it kind of felt like maybe there was more than one person writing things Mm. and then putting it all together. Yeah, a little bit inconsistent. Mm. Yeah. Like you said, like we said before, everyone in this film is a scumbag. <laughs> uh, so we're going to move on to talking about the critical reception in a moment. But before then, much like the characters in the film Rat Race, Alice is going to take us on a journey, except there's not $2 million at the end of it, I don't think, but maybe there is. No, but there is okay. a rodent association because oh. we're going to go down the rabbit hole in this bit that we're going to call Alice Down the Rabbit Hole. So we're going to talk about the secret star of this film. That's right. It's the rental car trainee or Guy Cohen. Guy was born in <laughs> Israel in 1980. And when he popped up in Rat Race, I thought, hmm, that dude looks familiar. Turns out Guy is the guy from The Offspring's music video for Pretty Fly for a White Guy. And funnily enough, only got the gig because Dexter Holland's first choice, Seth Green, wasn't available. Guy ended up going out on tour with The Offspring, making appearances on stage during that song, doing big comical dances that were apparently very well received by the audience. In an interview with Spin, he said, I do the running man, I do the Roger Rabbit, I get down on the floor and freak the ground. Oh man, people just explode. Once whilst watching MTV, he noticed that one of the members of NSYNC was wearing the same outfit he was wearing in that video. Guy later reprised his role as Pretty Fly White Guy in The Offspring's follow-up single, Why Don't You Get a Job? Guy hasn't been too busy since, with just seven acting credits listed on his IMDb page, but one thing's for certain, he'll always be the best damn rental car trainee guy I've ever seen. And that was Alice Down the Rabbit Hole. That's the best one you've ever done. <laughs> Do you think I... I'm I'm pretty fly? No, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, it doesn't matter. I'll stop trying to be funny. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to talk about the critical reception then. Mm-hmm. So I've alluded to earlier that it didn't do amazingly which is why i picked it as underrated so what do you think how did it do critically interesting one because i think from a critical point of view putting my critics hat on there is a lot wrong with it um in terms of how the story is put together in terms of like you know some of the kind of pointless bits of dialogue that kind of don't really go anywhere but from an audience point of view i do reckon it did well and, and like i still found it funny now 
Um, I reckon, I reckon we're at least looking at like a mid six, right? Mm. I'm going to say like a 6.5. Be quite generous, I reckon. Okay. And that's from the critics or just in general? In general. general. I think that's a good like average to think of. So, as ever, you're not far wrong. Mm, I'm so good at this. You are. It's almost like you read it beforehand. I know you don't. Never. I would never. So, according to IMDb, at time of recording, mm-hmm. it gets 6.4. Okay, okay. And on Rotten Tomatoes, from the audience, it gets 64%. Okay. Which is bang on with the IMDb. Yeah. But from the critics, it gets 44%. Okay. Now, I know what you're saying with the critics. It's not very populist. It's quite daft. Quite silly. Mm-hmm. It's probably quite immature. Um, it's it not the sort of film things. a critic would gush over. No. I mean, it's not Schindler's List. It's not Schindler's <laughs> List. And I think if you were to spend a little while trying to find similarities between the two films, other than the Nazi bit, oh, yeah. there's probably not probably not any. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, 44% harsh. I, I do think that is a little bit harsh. I think there was there's a lot to it. And, like, the performances, I thought, were all mm. really good. The, so the difference of 20% between the critics and the audience, I think, tells a story for me. I'm not saying it's a masterpiece. I'd probably mm. rate it slightly higher than 64%. But if we're going off the critical reception, I think it's underrated. What about you? I, th- I think I would agree. I think, I think it is funny, and some of the jokes do hold up. And you know what? If someone hadn't seen it, I probably would recommend to watch it. As like a bit of fluff, as like a fun one. A daft, like Saturday night comedy, don't have to concentrate. And if you like comedy as well, yeah. like, there is a lot in there to enjoy. Like you said, there's so many different types of comedy Great going cast. on and different kind of jokes going yeah. on as yeah. well. That is underrated. But I would say the audience score, the IMDb score, I would say that's about appropriate. But critically underrated? Yes. So we're saying Always. underrated. <laughs> yes, go, go on. It can enter the underrated pile. <laughs> So there we go. We shall add Rat Race to the ever-growing underrated film pile. I think at this point we're going to have to call it the underrated film vault. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, underrated for Rat Race. So, Alice, it is your turn to pick mm-hmm. for next week. What are we watching? Josh, for next week, we're going to be watching Just My Luck. Just My Luck. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'll say no more. <laughs> Okay, well, join us next week where we're going to be watching and talking about Just uh, just My Luck. Uh, in the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, the email address is filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. Uh, we're on all the social medias. Just search for Just Films and That Pod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you get your social medias at. Um, and join us next week for Just My Luck. Alice Oliver, thank you for joining me as ever. Pleasure as always, Josh, and thank you. And it's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.